0: Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeating the Philadelphia 76ers, who had all their big players in tow. Sure, you know, Millsap wasn't available. Korkmaz didn't play, but Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Harden, Embiid, Ty Bull as well, I guess you can include. All those guys are present, and the Raptors missing Fred Van Vliet, missing OG Ananobi, and, and Malkai Flynn even. They came in and they beat the 76ers largely on the back of two just unbelievable performances from Pascal Siakam and Precious Achua. Pascal for leading an offense into very unfriendly territory, going to spots on the floor that he's not always super comfortable in, but driving into them anyway because he knows that's what the offense needs. He has to keep putting himself in uncomfortable positions because they might put the defense in uncomfortable positions if he gets there as well. And then on the defensive end, like Pascal was great. Yes. The team as a whole played great. Yes. But Precious was range and fantastical isolation defense, post defense. Post defense isn't typically his strong suit, but when he was able to be, you know, the linchpin of the MB defense and then have guys load up and attack entry passes and dig down and rotate over and double. He, he was really solid just being the first guy there and standing his ground. And the Raptors decided in this game that, hey, we're just going to harass Embiid. We're going to leave Harden mostly alone. We know Harden is going to take shots. We know Harden is going to get downhill. We'll load up on those drives, not off of Embiid, though. We don't want any laydowns. And we're going to leave guys like Tybal. We're going to leave guys like Tobias Harris and... Tyrese Maxey definitely made them pay. Maxey is tremendous. And certainly at this point, a much bigger offensive impact player than Tobias Harris. And, you know, Matisse Tybel his offense is, it's almost laughable. It's, he's, he's a very negative player on that end of the floor. There's a reason he didn't close the game, but the Raptors loaded up on Embiid. And a lot of times just relied on guys like even Armani Brooks, uh, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., I would say had the lion's share of hardened possessions in the first I would say probably, I don't know, like 26, 28 minutes of of basketball. But then it ended up that Precious Achua, just because of how many step-up screens, how many drag screens the 76ers were setting, Precious ended up being a guy who stepped out on Harden a lot and did really well in that space and to the point where he was defending him on a lot of late possessions and did a fantastic job defensively. And I just want to stay right here and focus on this for a moment and make it really clear how special Precious Situ's defensive season has been. We've seen it in matchups against the likes of Luca or Giannis, even Butler or Trey Young, where he has these tremendous defensive possessions that very few players can emulate. But then we see it against the Lakers, where every single isolation LeBron takes on him becomes a fadeaway. LeBron can't make any headway on Precious. And then tonight we have a defensive sequence of events that features a Maxi Embiid pick and roll that Scotty and Precious switch. And that means that Precious is on Maxi. And that means that Maxi is kind of roving, trying to get the ball back as Embiid gets doubled. And Precious is playing phenomenal denied defense on Maxi, 45 feet away from the basket. That is not, Maxi is one of the quickest players in the NBA. He can, he can skirt to open space. He can back-cut guys. He works really well in the open floor, and Precious did such a good job denying that. Then the next time down the floor, and not to mention Precious switched the initial screening play so that there was no advantage gained. The next play down the floor, he's playing straight post-up defense on Embiid. Boucher is lurking and hovering, ready to attack an entry pass, and they try and make it. Tobias Harris, I believe, is the guy who tried to make it. And Precious holds his ground enough that Boucher gets to climb in, and get to a spot, and they get a steal. And this range of different defensive asks that Nick Nurse, you know, they have that quote from, I think it was from a, like a week and a half ago, but he said that Precious had said it to him a couple of months ago, was that he wanted to guard the best player. And Precious is a guy who has been kind of a marvel this season because a lot of his early impact numbers were related to how he helped the Raptors rebound on their defensive side of the floor and how he was able to affect shots at the rim as a a rim protector, as a guy who makes people miss at the bucket. And now his utility has started to ascend quite a ways past that. And maybe the first version of this was when he was playing one-on-one defense against Giannis and had a bunch of success on, I believe it was January 15th when the Raptors beat the Bucks. And now we're just seeing really elongated uh stretches of basketball where Precious is switching out on anybody, holding his own in isolation against some of the best isolation players in the NBA. From James Harden to Giannis to Luca, you know, all the names I named earlier. And it's He's been so fantastic defensively. There are things he needs to clean up, of course, but the baseline of what he's bringing night to night and the versatility he's starting to stack on top of that cannot really be overstated. He is a very special defender. I wrote about this back in January and I've been talking about it for a very long time on the podcast at this point, but this is an all-defensive player. I don't know how soon, but it's happening at some point. He's just he's too capable in too many facets of the defensive side of the floor his offensive game I'll talk about more later that's coming along as well but it's hard not to marvel at him and say this is a very unique very powerful very impactful defender and he deserves his flowers because he was a huge part of the Raptors being able to hold the 76ers to 88 points tonight he was tremendous so hell yeah Precious and beat shot six at 20 dude and that's a team-wide thing but Precious is you know He is the point of attack in a lot of different ways that the Raptors play aggressively, and especially tonight, so well done. And and offensively, I think just really, really great to see Pascal, as I said, going to spots that are maybe a little bit more uncomfortable for him. But the result is that, you know, Precious, I think he had two buckets tonight that were self-created, I would say, where he had the ball maybe at like the free throw line extended or something like that. And he was able to, you know, get a jab series going and and drive to his left, bring it back to his right and score really nice plays. But most of what he did tonight was after an advantage had already been created from a guy like one of Gary, Scotty or Pascal. And that there's no shame in that, especially for who he typically plays next to in Fred Pascal and, and Scotty as he continues to get better and better. But this is a guy who the Raptors and many fans have been waiting on to really punch gaps, to use his athleticism in a more streamlined way because some of his possessions seem a little bit aimless and, you know, how he directs himself and orients himself on offense can also seem aimless. But there's more focus to it right now. I think the certainty of him feeling good about his three-point, like his jumper, obviously helps a bunch. Like he had a hard, he had like a pound dribble into a mid-range jumper that he made on the left wing. That's so impressive considering the types of things he brings to the floor elsewhere that are mostly, I would say, center adjacent skills or what we would consider center AJ skills. And the fact that he's doing that kind of stuff is miraculous. But even just getting the ball at the top of the key, getting a closeout from Tyrese Maxey and driving straight into the lane and finishing with a left-handed layup or driving straight to like eight feet and hitting like a little pop shot... That stuff, him being able to continue the advantage that's created offensively, whether it's a pass, whether it's you know a bucket that he makes, that's huge because teams for a long time this season have been relying on the fact that there are some players on the, on the Raptors roster that they can lay off of the same way that the Raptors did with Tobias Harris tonight. Precious, more and more, is just not that player. He is the player that you don't want the outlet pass to go to. He presents a world of creativity and potency. And, you know, the numbers aren't really there yet, but they're coming. He's he's just, he did so well, so well tonight. And the Raptors, like, they only scored 93 points. They only had four guys in double figures. And, you know, Pascal and Precious combined for 47, 26, and 21 in that order. Chris Boucher, in a very inefficient way, but a very necessary way, comes in, and just pounds the floor on, on both sides, gets to balls that he has to, takes two charges on the night, one being a flagrant foul that absolutely helped the Raptors clinch that game because, you know, between Precious and Scottie, there were some missed free throws at the end. But I tell you what, Chris Boucher, he didn't have a, a star performance or anything. It wasn't like the 28 points that he scored on December 28th when the Raptors met the 76ers and they were shorthanded, but it was four of 12 from the field. 11 sorry 12 points and 14 rebounds five offensive rebounds a plus 16 his range on defense I've been saying it for some time now this is his, his best defensive season by such a wide margin and also being able to make the plays in the margins those charges getting to loose balls bringing those extra possessions on offense These are all of paramount importance to what the Raptors do. And there's no surprise that he's heavily correlated with winning minutes in this game and just the minutes they win overall in the season. He's done tremendously. And even though he didn't hit a lot of shots, even though he didn't shoot a good percentage in this game, this was a offensively starved game that needed more from players in certain areas. And he took it on his chin and was like, I'm gonna try and drive what I can. I'm gonna, once again, step outside of my comfort zone just a little bit to see what I can create. And 12 points on, I guess it was maybe like 14 or 15 used possessions is nothing that anybody has ever written home about. But I I tell you what, in a game that's star for offense where the Raptors are trying to get it where they can, where Gary Trent Jr. is two for 13. Ken Birch while playing a pretty good defensive game is 1 for 6 and Scotty's 6 of 21. He actually took the most shots on the roster tonight, getting 12 points on 14 or 15 used possessions from Chris Boucher plus the 5 he helped grab and give them extra, you know second opportunities on the on the offensive glass. Well done. And and the defensive stuff is just tremendous. Scotty, I think man, he, his defense on James Harden I left a lot to be desired. But I tell you this, his his coverage outside of that I thought was pretty good. It felt like he had a lot of punch as a help side guy. He helped change passing lanes. He was, the Raptors, by way of length, overwhelm teams all the time. That's why the Funkfest quartet lineups work all the time is because it doesn't require as much precision as a lot of other defenses because they have so much length everywhere that it confuses reads that players are typically that are typically made by them. There's a little bit more length in this gap here. Maybe this gap doesn't even exist. And your, your lines of sight change when there's so much height and length on the court as well that players, you know, you don't want to say weirded out. That feels like you're not giving enough credit to the defense, but overwhelmed feels like the appropriate thing. And Chris Boucher fit into that. And Scotty Barnes fit into that. And even if they, they weren't as sharp as, you know, some other games that they've played, I think that this game was just, you know, tremendous team defense. And a lot of it relied on length and tenacity. And Pascal Siakam, after the game, had said that he thought they came out soft and Nick Nurse had a bunch of words for them. And then they picked up the intensity. And that intensity obviously led somewhere. And at the end of it all, to a win against, this is only the 76ers' third loss with Harden in the lineup. The 76ers are a damn good team. The the Raptors found a way to make them work in a lot of different areas than they're used to. The Raptors played awesome. But that doesn't mean the Sixers are trash. Like the Raptors just beat one of the best teams in the league, full stop. And they did it without Fred. And they did by leaning into this very long ethos. Is this something that teams will get used to in a playoff series? Will adjustments need to be made? That's all stuff we'll get to see once we're there. But in this game now, they dominated with length and with, you know, meaningful stretches and I would say progression offensively from guys like Precious, from guys like Siakam, and just a willingness to get after it and get on the offensive glass to fuel more possessions. They, they did a hell of a thing tonight. Something funny as well. Uh, so what happens with when Fred leaves, like isn't available a lot of Gary takes a lot of the possessions that Fred would otherwise have, and the the play types look the same. Like the framework of the offense looks the same. They just input uh, Gary into where Fred would be, and so there was a dialogue on you know many fans were having at the end of that Nuggets game where Fred missed the three after the Nuggets doubled Pascal and they had ran their four one ghost pick and roll that is part of their package that they love to run, and Pascal that big fadeaway jumper that he hit you know, inside of two minutes, I think, or just almost on the nose that put them at 89 points. And uh, then the free throw game began and and great defense from the Raptors. They ran the 4-1 pick and roll. And guess what? The defense didn't double. So Pascal got to a spot and hit a shot. And I thought it was funny because, you know, many fans were saying like, why did they run a play for Fred when Pascal was so hot against Denver? It's like, this is a play for Pascal. Any screening play, is the first read is always for the guy with the ball to go downhill or find open space for himself. Depending on how the defense responds is, you know, how you get other shots. So, yeah, it's, it's not particularly surprising that the Raptors ran the 4-1 ghost pick and roll. The, you know, <laughs> the 76ers played as if they didn't want Gary to get loose and shoot. They didn't want to spam uh, Pascal with a double or harass him with like a dig down or anything. So he got to a spot on Tobias Harris and he hit a jumper. Very nice to see. I love it a lot. And the other, I think, exceptionally, well, there's two things I would note. And one is kind of couched into the other. But Armani Brooks, the two threes he hit, one was, I would say, especially deep. But I was most impressed by his defense. Until Precious stood up at the end of the game and started taking on those Harden possessions, I thought of the the trio of Brooks, Barnes, and Gary Trent Jr., that Brooks actually had the best stretch of defense on Harden. He was great on that end, and Brooks deserves a lot of love for fitting into the Raptors' concept defensively and, and thriving in it, and especially against such a, a star player like Harden. And so that was awesome. The, the made threes were awesome. Uh, Aiden Moss wrote a piece about Armani uh, on the site, raptorsrepublic.com today. If you want to go read that, I think it might be worth your time if you're looking to learn a little bit more about him and you think maybe he has the, the stuff to stick around on the roster. So you can go check that out. And then also, uh, Thad, you know, just the the Thad Young, the big lineups, let's say. Because the Raptors went weird from jump. Precious is at power forward. Kem is at center. Barnes is the de facto point guard, even though his possessions like Gary, Gary took Fred possessions, Pascal took Fred possessions. But, you know, it is what it is. Scotty creates differently. They'll need in the in the summer, they should overhaul some of the playbook so that it reflects more of Scotty's strengths. I think, but anyway, they went big from the start. It didn't work out, but they found it later in the game with those weird Funk Fest lineups, where it's like Thad Young, Chris Boucher, Armani plugging in, and it, I think that's awesome. They succeeded with Pascal off the floor. It coincided with a nice run of Precious, but. The Raptors continuing and Nick Nurse continuing to make the call to go back to some of these lineups. It takes some cojones, and I was I was really happy to see it pay off in this game. So that was that was wonderful to see. The Reggie Evans Award it goes to Chris Boucher for me. You could make the case for Precious, of course, but I spent like I don't know seven minutes of this podcast just big up big upping Precious. So yeah, Chris, it, he took two charges, uh, maybe like. Charges are hard to take in the NBA. It's not easy to take it on the chin. It's not easy to take it in the teeth. And it's also not easy to kind of rev yourself up to go hunt offensive rebounds when you're not that involved in offensive sets. And Chris Boucher, his motor has been so fantastic this season. He continues to work so hard on both ends of the floor. And I'm really happy because I wrote that piece about him where I was like, hey, this guy is really good now. He helps the Raptors win minutes they would otherwise lose if a different player was playing his minutes. And and even to the point where I was like, if the Raptors want to win the rest of the season, if they want to win in the playoffs, and it's not like including him in a trade for a star of some sort, do not try and make a lateral move where Chris Boucher goes out the door and some other player comes in. Because Chris Boucher's value is so much lower than his actual value, his actual impact to this team. And so I'm glad people are seeing that. I'm I'm glad that he's starting to get some more love because he's had a really, really great year to this point. After, you know, a tough start, he's just been on the money almost every game. Every once in a while, there's a letdown. But overall, he's just so good. Top quick reaction comment is from Arsenalist, the OG. Uh, Zohar, hey, how's it going, man? Quote, what a season for Precious that Kyle trade is looking good, end quote. I tell you, <laughs> it is looking pretty good, man. That's... Uh, Precious having this in his bag is very interesting. When, when I looked at his film prior to the season and kind of took in the, the preseason where he was tantalizing, but, you know, the, the fruit, the fruit had not, uh, the plan hadn't borne fruit yet, I would say. And you're looking at a guy who statistically was able to change shots in Miami in a limited amount of time, but probably not on the volume that you could sign off on that being a definitive part of his game. And he also started out this season with just a tremendously terrible true shooting percentage. He blew, he blew stuff at the rim. He couldn't shoot from outside. His pacing on the pick and roll was absolutely terrible. Nothing was going right to the point where now he's giving you some self-creation. He's hitting spot-up threes at, I think, 50% or over over the last however many games. And, uh, yeah, and the defense is just at a level that was hard to foresee. So a guy becoming things that both you wondered, like, will that hold? And then things that maybe you never even saw coming. So really cool to see. Well done, Precious. Thanks for writing in. Uh, Zarar and uh, listener, thanks for listening in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.